Act Five. We shall find a time yet, Audrey. Patience, gentle Audrey. Faith, the priest was good enough for all the old gentlemen saying. A most wicked Sir Oliver, Audrey. A most vile martext. But, Audrey, there is a youth here in the forest lays claim to you. I, I know who tis. He hath no interest in me in the world. Here comes the man you mean. It is meat and drink to me to see a clown. By my troth, we that have good wits have much to answer for. We shall be floating. We cannot hold. Good even, Audrey. Got you good even, William. And good even to you, sir. Good even, gentle friend. Cover thy head, cover thy head. Nay, prithee, be covered. How old are you, friend? Five and twenty, sir. And a ripe age it be. Is thy name William? William, sir. A fair name. Wast born in the forest here? Aye, sir. I... Thank God. Thank God. A good answer. Art rich? Faith, sir. So-so. So-so is good. Very good. Very excellent good. And yet it is not. It is but so-so. Art thou wise? Aye, sir. I have a pretty wit. Why, thou sayest well. I do now remember a saying, The fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. The heathen philosopher, when he had a desire to eat a grape, would open his lips when he put it into his mouth, meaning thereby that grapes were made to eat and lips to open. You do love this maid? I do, sir. Give me your hand. Art thou learned? No, sir. Then learn this of me. To have is to have. For it is a figure in rhetoric that drink, being poured out of a cup into a glass, by filling the one, doth empty the other. For all your writers do consent that Ips is he. Now you are not Ips, for I am he. Which, which he, sir? He, sir, that must marry this woman. Therefore, you clown, abandon, which is in the vulgar leave, the society, which in the boorish is company, of this female, which in the common is woman, which together is abandon the society of this female, or clown, thou perishest, or to thy better understanding, diest, or to wit I kill thee, make thee away, translate thy life into death, thy liberty into bondage. I will deal in poison with thee, or in bastinado, or in steel, I will bandy with thee in faction, I will o'errun thee with policy. I will kill thee a hundred and fifty ways. Therefore, tremble and depart. Do, good William. Good, God rest ye merry, sir. Our master and mistress seeks you. Come away, away. Trip, Audrey, trip. I attend, I attend. (laughs) 
is it possible that on so little acquaintance you should like her? That but seeing you should love her, and loving woo, and wooing she should grant? And will you persevere to enjoy her? Neither call the giddiness of it in question, the poverty of her, the small acquaintance, my sudden wooing, nor her sudden consenting. But say with me, I love Aliena. Say with her that she loves me. Consent with both that we may enjoy each other. It shall be to your good, for my father's house and all the revenue that was old Sir Rollins will I estate upon you, and here live and die a shepherd. You have my consent. Let your wedding be tomorrow. Thither will I invite the duke and all his contented followers. Go you and prepare Aliena. For look you, here comes my Rosalind. God save you, brother. And you, fair sister. Oh, my dear Orlando, how it grieves me to see thee wear thy heart in a scarf. It is my arm. I thought thy heart had been wounded with the claws of a dragon. Wounded it is, but with the eyes of a lady. Did your brother tell you how I counterfeited to swoon when he showed me your handkerchief? Aye, and greater wonders than that. Oh, I know where you are. Nay, tis true. There was never anything so sudden but the fight of two rams, and Caesar's Therasonical brag of I came, saw, and overcame. For your brother and my sister no sooner met, but they looked. No sooner looked, but they loved. No sooner loved, but they sighed. No sooner sighed, but they asked one another the reason. No sooner knew the reason, but they sought the remedy, and in these degrees have they made a pair of stairs to marriage which they will climb incontinent or else be incontinent before marriage. They are in the very wrath of love, and they will together. Clubs cannot part them. They shall be married tomorrow, and I will bid the duke to the nuptial. But, oh, how bitter a thing it is to look into happiness through another man's eyes. By so much the more shall I tomorrow be at the height of heart heaviness, by how much I shall think my brother happy and having what he wishes for. Why, then... Tomorrow I cannot serve your turn for Rosalind? I can live no longer by thinking. I will weary you then no longer with idle talking. Know of me then, for now I speak to some purpose, that I know you are a gentleman of good conceit. I speak not this that you should bear a good opinion of my knowledge, in so much I say I know you are. Neither do I labour for a greater esteem than may in some measure draw a belief from you to do yourself good and not to grace me. Believe then, if you please, that I can do strange things. I have, since I was three years old, conversed with a magician, most profound in his art and yet not damnable. If you do love Rosalind so near the heart as your gesture cries it out, when your brother marries Aliena shall you marry her. I know into what straits of fortune she is driven, and it is not impossible to me, if it appear not inconvenient to you, to set her before your eyes tomorrow, human as she is, and without any danger. Speakest thou in sober meanings? By my life I do, which I tender dearly, though I say I am a magician. Therefore, put you in your best array, bid your friends, for if you will be married tomorrow you shall. And to Rosalind, if you will. Oh, look. Here comes a lover of mine and a lover of hers. 
Youth, you have done me much ungentleness to show the letter that I writ to you. I care not if I have. It is my study to seem despiteful and ungentle to you. You are there, followed by a faithful shepherd. Look upon him. Love him. He worships you. Good shepherd, tell this youth what tis to love. It is to be all made of sighs and tears. And so am I for Phoebe. And I for Ganymede. And I for Rosalind. And I for no woman. It is to be all made of faith and service. And so am I for Phoebe. And I for Ganymede. And I for Rosalind. And I for no woman. It is to be all made of fantasy, all made of passion, and all made of wishes. All adoration, duty, and observance. All humbleness, all patience and impatience. All purity, all trial, all observance. And so am I for Phoebe. And so am I for Ganymede. And so am I for Rosalind. And so am I for no woman. If this be so, why blame you me to love you? If this be so, why blame you me to love you? If this be so, why blame you me to love you? Who do you speak to? Why blame you me to love you? To her that is not here, nor doth not hear. Ah, pray you no more of this. Tis like the howling of Irish wolves against the moon. I will help you, if I can. I would love you, if I could. Tomorrow, meet me all together. I will marry you, if ever I marry woman, and I'll be married tomorrow. I will satisfy you, if ever I satisfied man, and you shall be married tomorrow. I will content you, if what pleases you contents you, and you shall be married tomorrow. As you love Rosalind, meet. As you love Phoebe, meet. And as I love no woman, I'll meet. So fare you well. I have left you commands. I'll not fail if I live. Nor I. Nor I. Tomorrow is the joyful day, Audrey. Tomorrow will we be married. I do desire it with all my heart, and I hope it is no dishonest desire to desire to be a woman of the world. Here comes two of the banished Duke's pages. Well met, honest gentleman. By my troth, well met. Come, sit, sit, and a song. We are for you. Sit in the middle. Shall we clap into it roundly? Without hawking or spitting or saying we are hoarse, which are the only prologues to a bad voice. If faith, if faith, and both in tune like two gypsies on a horse. <coughs> it was a lover and his lass with a hay and a hoe and a hay nanny no, that o'er the green cornfield did pass in springtime, the only pretty ring time. When birds do sing, hey, ding-a-ding-ding, sweet lovers love the spring. Between the acres of the rye with a hay and a hoe and a hay nanny no, 
These pretty country folks would lie in springtime, the only pretty ring time. When birds do sing, hey ding a ding ding, sweet lovers love the spring. This carol they begun that hour with a hey and a ho and a hey nanny no. How that a life was but a flower in springtime, the only pretty ring time. When birds do sing, hey ding a ding ding, sweet lovers love the spring. And therefore take the present time with a hey and a ho and a hey nanny no. For love is crowned with the prime in springtime, the only pretty ring time. When birds do sing, hey ding a ding ding, sweet lovers love the spring. Truly, young gentlewomen, though there was no great matter in the ditty, yet the note was very untunable. You are deceived, sir. We kept time. We lost not our time. Oh, by my troth, yes. I counted, but time lost to hear such a foolish song. God be with you, and God mend your voices. Come, Audrey. Dost thou believe, Orlando, that the boy can do all this that he hath promised? I sometimes do believe, and sometimes do not, as those that fear they hope, and know they fear. Patience once more, whiles our compact is urged. You say, if I bring in your Rosalind, you will bestow her on Orlando here? That would I, had I kingdoms to give with her. And you say you will have her when I bring her? That would I, were I of all kingdoms king. You say you'll marry me if I be willing? That will I, should I die the hour after. But if you do refuse to marry me, you'll give yourself to this most faithful shepherd? So is the bargain. You say that you'll have Phoebe if she will? Though to have her and death were both one thing. I have promised you to make all this matter even. Keep you your word, O Duke, to give your daughter. You yours, Orlando, to receive his daughter. Keep your word, Phoebe, that you'll marry me, or else refusing me to wed this shepherd. Keep your word, Silvius, that you'll marry her if she refuse me. And from hence I go to make these doubts all even. I do remember in this shepherd boy some lively touches of my daughter's favor. My lord, the first time that I ever saw him, methought he was a brother to your daughter. But, my good lord, this boy is forest-born, and hath been tutored in the rudiments of many desperate studies by his uncle, whom he reports to be a great magician, obscured in the circle of this forest. <laughs> there is sure another flood toward... And these couples are coming to the Ark. Here comes a pair of very strange beasts, which in all tongues are called fools. Salutation and greeting to you all. Good my lord, bid him welcome. This is the motley-minded gentleman that I have so often met in the forest. He hath been a courtier, he swears. If any man doubt that, let him put me to my purgation. 
I have trod a measure. I have flattered a lady. I've been politic with mine friend, smooth with my enemy. I have undone three tailors. I've had four quarrels, and like to have fought one. And how was that tying up? Faith, we met, and found the quarrel was upon the seventh cause. The seventh cause? Good, my lord, like this fellow. <laughs> I like him very well. God, ill do, sir. I desire you of the like. I press in here, sir, amongst the rest of the country copulatives, to swear and to forswear. According as marriage binds and blood breaks, a poor virgin, sir. An ill-favored thing, sir, but mine own. A poor humor of mine, sir, to take that that no man else will. Rich honesty dwells like a miser, sir, in a poor house, as your pearl in your foul oyster. By my faith, he is very swift and sententious. According to the fool's bolt, sir, and such dulcet diseases, but for the seventh cause, how did you find the quarrel on the seventh cause? Upon a lie seven times removed. Bear your body more seemingly, Audrey. As thus, sir, I did dislike the cut of a certain courtier's beard. He sent me word. If I said his beard was not cut well, he was in the mind it was. This is called the retort courteous. If I sent him word again, it was not well cut, he would send me word. He cut it to please himself. This is called the quip modest. If again it was not well cut, he disabled my judgment. And this is called the reply churlish. If again it was not well cut, he would answer, I spake not true. This is called the reproof valiant. And if again it was not well cut, he would say, I simply lied. This is called the counter-check quarrelsome, and so to the lie circumstantial, and so to the lie direct. And how often did you say his beard was not well cut? I durst go no further than the lie circumstantial, nor he durst give me the lie direct. And so we measured swords and parted. Can you nominate in order now the degrees of the lie? Oh, sir, we quarrel in print, by the book, as you have books for good manners. I will name you the degrees. The first, the retort courteous. The second, the quip modest. The third, the reply churlish. The fourth, the reproof valiant. The fifth, the countercheck quarrelsome. The sixth, the lie with circumstance. And the seventh, the lie direct. All of these you may avoid, but the lie direct. And you may avoid that too with an if. I knew when seven justices could not take up a quarrel. But when the parties were met themselves, one of them thought, but of an if, as if you said so, then I said so. And they shook hands and swore brothers. Your if is the only peacemaker. Much virtue in if. <laughs> is this not a rare fellow, my lord? He's as good at anything and yet a fool. He uses his folly like a stock horse. And under the presentation of that, he shoots his wit. Then is there mirth in heaven, when earthly things made even atone together? Good Duke, receive thy daughter. Hymen from heaven brought her, yea, brought her hither, 
that thou mightst join her hand with his, whose heart within his bosom is. To you I give myself, for I am yours. If there be truth in sight, you are my daughter. If there be truth in sight, you are my Rosalind. If sight and shape be true, why then, my love adieu. I'll have no father if you be not he. I'll have no husband if you be not he. Nor ne'er wed woman if you be not she. Peace, ho, I bar confusion. Tis I must make conclusion of these most strange events. Here is eight that must take hands to join in Hymen's bands, if truth holds true contents. You and you no cross shall part. You and you are heart in heart. You to his love must accord or have a woman to your lord. You and you are sure together, as the winter to foul weather. Whiles a wedlock hymn we sing, feed yourselves with questioning, that reason wonder may diminish how thus we met, and these things finish. Wedding his great Juno's crown, O blessed bond of board and bed, Tis Hymen people's every town I wedlock with be on earth Honor, high honor And renown to Hymen God of every town Oh, my dear niece, welcome thou art to me. Even daughter welcome in no less degree. I will not eat my word. Now thou art mine. Thy faith, my fancy, to thee doth combine. Uh, Let me have audience for a word or two. I am the second son of Sir Roland that bring these tidings to this fair assembly. Duke Frederick hearing how that every day men of great worth resorted to this forest, addressed a mighty power, which were on foot, in his own conduct, purposely to take his brother here and put him to the sword. And to the skirts of this wild wood he came, where, meeting with an old religious man, after some question with him, was converted both from his enterprise and from the world, his crown bequeathing to his banished brother, and all their lands restored to them again that were with him exiled. This to be true, I do engage my life. Welcome, young man. Thou offerest fairly to thy brother's wedding. To one his lands withheld, and to the other a land itself at large, a potent dukedom. First in this forest, let us do those ends that were here well begun and well begot. And after every of this happy number that have endured shrewd days and nights with us, shall share the good of our returned fortune according to the measure of their states. <laughs> Meantime, forget this new fallen dignity and fall into our rustic revelry. Play music! And you, brides and bridegrooms all, with measure heap and joy to the measure's fall. Sir, uh, by your patience, if I heard you rightly, 
the Duke hath put on a religious life and thrown into neglect the pompous court? He hath. To him will I. Out of these convertites there is much matter to be heard and learned. You, to your former honor, I bequeath. Your patience and your virtue well deserves it. You, to a love that your true faith doth merit. You, to your land, love, and great allies. You, to a long and well-deserved bed. And you, to wrangling. For thy loving voyage is but for two months vittled. <laughs> so, to your pleasures. I am for other than for dancing measures. Stay, Jacques, stay. To see no pastime, I, what you would have, I'll stay to know at your abandoned cave. Proceed, proceed. We will begin these rites as we do trust the land in true delights. It is not the fashion to see the lady the epilogue. But it is no more unhandsome than to see the lord the prologue. If it be true that good wine needs no bush, tis true that a good play needs no epilogue. Yet to good wine they do use good bushes, and good plays prove the better by the help of good epilogues. What a case am I in then, that am neither a good epilogue nor cannot insinuate with you in the behalf of a good play. I am not furnished like a beggar, Therefore to beg will not become me. My way is to conjure you, and I'll begin with the women. I charge you, O women, for the love you bear to men, to like as much of this play as please you. And I charge you, O men, for the love you bear to women, as I perceive by your simpering none of you hates them, that between you and the women the play may please. If I were a woman, I would kiss as many of you as had beards that please me, complexions that like me, and breaths that I defied not. And I am sure, as many as have good beards or good faces or sweet breaths will, for my kind offer, when I may curtsy, bid me farewell. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show, as you like it, Act 5, featuring the voice talents of Alexandra Elroy as Rosalind, Finn M.K. as Touchstone, Will Shipley as Orlando, Christopher Gilstrap as Jacques, Stuart Ford as William, Laura E. Richcreek as Phoebe, Russell Gold as Duke Senior, Matt Chimperley as Silvius, Zoe Von Embler as Audrey, Rebecca Thomas as the first page, Laura Bramblett as the second page, Keith Morrison as Sir Oliver Martex, Hyman, Natalia Orlovsky as Senior's Dragon, Landon Bell as Jacques de Bois, Kiri Alexander as Amiens, Ted Wenskus as Oliver, and Alan Wayman as Corin. Written by William Shakespeare. Adapted for audio by Landon Bell. Directed by Sven Halverson. Assistant Director George Linfield. Music by Stephen O'Brien of Stephen-O'Brien.net. 
produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2017, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Thy end is truth and beauty's doom. My dear love. <laughs> I know you're in there. Did you show your face, you coward? I am not a cow. That'd be my knave, Bessie. She gives great milk, old Bess. Well, uh, who are you? Oh, (laughs) I'm Wild Bill. You know, THE Wild Bill. Shakespeare? Say, haven't I met you somewhere before? It's you! (laughs) Hold up there, you knave. You've been taking fencing lessons from Cassio? You've got it coming, cowboy poet. I'm tortured day in and day out by these sonnets' voices, and I've had enough. No more! Now, just a bony minute. My show's a hootenanny, not in agony both. Uh, may I? <sighs> okay. Hippity dippity. What did you. Wait. The voices. They're gone. You left this hiramajig in your head holes. No wonder you're such a basket case. Wow. Is it? What a relief. It... But how will I announce the sonnets trailers now? I don't have time to memorize all that crap. Oh. Uh, don't you worry about that. I have just the doodad. Hmm. Hmm. Aha! Catch. It's a cell phone? A special cell phone. You've got contacts in here for Adriana, Beatrice, Brutus, all the sonnets voices. Some guy named Swen, the Pizza Hut. You don't have to read them all. Just call them up when you're reading your trailers. Yeah, they might even call you sometime. Okay, big guy. All right. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so sorry I tried to kill you, Bill. Yee-haw. Don't mention it. Speak of the devil. Uh, hello? My glass shall not persuade me I am old, so long as youth and thou are of one date. It's, it's on a 22. Bill, they're, they're not in my head anymore. Yippee. Wow. Well, the sonnet's part 12 is out next month. You gonna be listening, Bill? It's part of the Wild Bill Variety Show. Of course I'll be listening in. Oh, boy, yes. Excuse me, Bill. I've got some calls to make. You left your sword. I'll just put it with the others. Ooh, so deadly.